0: Hey guys, it's Andrea. Before we get started today on this case, I just wanted to update you all. Um, We recorded this episode before the remains that were found in Georgetown County had been confirmed, but they did as of yesterday, which was May 16th, confirm that the remains found were in fact Brittany Drexel's. Um, So you will hear during this episode at that time, we were unsure just like everyone else in the media who the remains belong to, but Georgetown County police have confirmed that the remains were Brittany Drexel's. Also, Raymond Moody has been formally charged and is in custody. Um, His charges include rape, murder, and kidnapping, and it could take weeks, honestly, for the cause of death to be released, so we will continue to keep you updated on our Instagram and our TikTok um, so make sure you're following us over there. It's Inhuman Podcast. So that is the update that we have for you guys regarding Brittany Drexel. I just... my I don't even have words right now. I have been thinking about this non-stop since they broke the news. My prayers are with her family. My condolences are with her family. And I just cannot imagine what they're going through right now. But that's all i have for you guys and let's go ahead and jump into the case hey what's up you guys i'm andrea and i'm Haley, and you're listening to inhuman a true crime podcast yes
1: you are to say now, <laughs> okay this is what happens when we like try to have a conversation about something else after we start recording that we eventually have to cut out and then we get
0: off of our off track yeah so, sorry guys so but we're here hello hey guys we're here today is a pretty um i don't know this case is very loaded it has a lot of Um, theories and a lot of gossip around it. And it recently has picked up some traction in the news. Um, Unfortunately, it has not been confirmed any of the new information that has been um, let out by police or the media. Um, But today I'm going to be talking about the disappearance of Brittany Drexel.
1: I'm so excited that you're covering this because I covered it on my TikTok like a couple months ago because people had requested it, but I really just only looked at the Wikipedia page because I was just trying to get like an overview and I feel like yeah. I did not get the whole story. So I'm really excited that I'm going to get to hear the whole story now.
0: Yeah. Well, I had this one on like our list of cases that we eventually want to cover because Haley and I have kind of like a, um, a running what's list. The- What's the the movie when he sticks his hand in the pie, like oh, dibs yeah. or whatever, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like we've kind of done that on some cases. Yeah. Um. So this was one of them that I had on there and I just had been putting it off. I don't, I don't know why I just had been putting it off. And then somebody messaged us on uh, Instagram. I'm so sorry that I don't remember who it was, um, but I will shout you out when I share it on our Instagram, but she said that there had been um, some recent news about Britney's case. And so I went on, you know, Google and searched the news articles and I was like, well, this is the perfect time then to share the case because I feel like a lot of people in the true crime community know this case. Um, And then, of course, being a South Carolina native, I have heard about this case a ton. Um, So I was like, I have to cover it. And I was going to cover it next week. But then I was like, no, I'm just going to go ahead and do it this week. Because I was hoping that the police would, you know, confirm some things between now and then. But who knows how long it'll take them to actually um, come forward with more information. So I'm just going to go ahead and cover it. And if there's any updates, of course, we will you know, let you guys know on our Instagram or we will update you at the top of another episode. Yep. Okay. So let's get to it. In April of 2009, Brittany Drexel seemingly vanished into thin air. The 17-year-old was on spring break in Myrtle Beach, um, which is in South Carolina, if you guys don't know, and she was down there with two acquaintances, Alana Lippa and Jennifer O'Bearer. So the three girls, um, they weren't, like, super close friends. The uh, Alana and Jennifer were actually seniors at the high school that the girls all attended. Brittany is a junior or was a junior, and um, they just invited her to come along. I don't know if they just, like, needed another person or what yeah. the – there's a lot of rumors behind why mm-hmm. they invited her, but I'm not re- really really going to dive into a lot of those just because they're not – there's no factual factuality to it or whatever. Yeah. But they did all go down um, to spring break in Myrtle Beach together. The three girls had been out that evening when around 8 p.m. Brittany decided to walk down Ocean Boulevard, which is basically the main strip in Myrtle Beach. I went to Myrtle Beach every single year, multiple times a year, my whole entire life pretty much. So... I can, like, visualize everything from this story. Yeah. Um, But she was walking down, like, the main boulevard to go meet her friends in another hotel, which was the Blue Water Resort. She is seen on surveillance footage coming and going from the hotel. Then she just disappears, and nobody has ever seen her again. So a little about Brittany. Um, She loved to play soccer. She was super fast compared to other people on her team. Which, she was teeny tiny. Like, she was short. She was, like, very thin and athletic. Um, So, it made sense that she would be, like, you know, able to zip around the field pretty quickly. Right. As high school was nearing an end, she had just one more year before she graduated. And she had aspirations to become a nurse or a cosmetologist. But she hadn't fully decided which path she wanted to take yet. Brittany was from Rochester, New York where she lived with her mom, Dawn, and her father, Chad. Chad had actually adopted Britney when she was very young. Um, I guess her father wasn't in the picture much, and Chad was the only father that Britney really knew. Unfortunately, though, her parents had recently decided to separate, and Brittany took it really hard. Um, Her whole demeanor kind of changed, and According to some sources, she became kind of depressed, which, I mean, I totally get that. She's a 17-year-old girl. Like, her parents are her foundation. Um, And when that changes, I mean, that really affects kids, no matter what age they yeah, are. Yeah, 100%. So, when some of the seniors from her high school invited her to go on a trip for spring break, she was very excited, and she felt like that was exactly what she needed. However... Her parents were not too keen on the idea of their teenage daughter traveling several states away with girls they didn't know very well on a trip with no real adult supervision. Yeah. Which, as a parent, I can totally get that. As a teenager, I was the same way. I was furious. My mom would try to pull the same, you know, card and... Yeah, Yeah. 100%. same, I, yeah. I understand both sides. Like, I understand her mom, yeah. and I also understand her. Yeah. But Brittany, of course, was upset that her parents didn't trust her enough to go. Um, the girls had planned... Wait, the day the girls had planned to leave, Brittany asked her mom one more time to please let her go. And her mom reconfirms that it's going to be a no. End of discussion. So Brittany upset called her boyfriend John Greco and had him pick her up and take her to her friend's house. After a few hours, she calmed down and she decides to call her mom to let her know where she is and to apologize, which is very good of her, very responsible. But she also figured she'd try and shoot her shot one more time and ask her mother again if she could go on the trip. But Dawn holds firm despite her daughter's persistence. That would totally be me. Like, maybe just one more time, it'll work. Yeah. Because sometimes it did work. Yeah. Sometimes that one last time, your parents are just like, okay, shut up and just go. Yeah, exactly. So Dawn does agree, however, to let Brittany stay with her friend for a few days. Um, She wanted to have a little fun on her spring break. And Dawn was understanding of that. And she was, you know, pretty... Comfortable with the fact that her daughter would still be local and, you know, just a drive away. Dawn speaks with her friend's mom to confirm it's okay for her to stay, and all is seemingly well in the world again. However, Brittany doesn't stay with this friend of hers. Brittany, against her parents' wishes, hops in the car with those senior girls from her high school and heads down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, a decision that would ultimately change her life forever. Uh While she is in Myrtle Beach, Brittany keeps in contact with her mom and her boyfriend. She tells her mom stories about how she and her friend have been watching movies, how they went to Lake Ontario since the weather was warm and nice in New York, and promises to come home the following day on April 26th. Her conversations with her boyfriend, John, are a bit different as he knows the truth that Brittany is actually in South Carolina, not in New York like her parents think. John has kept in close contact with Brittany as he, too, was a little worried about her going so far away with people she barely knew. Um, John, sadly, wasn't able to go on the trip because he had work, but he made sure to keep in close contact with Brittany while she was away. When on the evening of April 25th, John couldn't reach Brittany after speaking with her earlier that day and learning she had plans to go meet up with another friend, he grew worried. Yeah. Worried so much, in fact, that he finally decided to reach out to Dawn, Brittany's mom, and notified her that Brittany was not at her friend's house in Rochester, that she was actually in Myrtle Beach.
1: That must have been so scary for Dawn. Like, that moment of,
0: like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, she deliberately disobeyed me. Like, what the hell? And not just that, but, like, my daughter can't be
1: contacted and she's not where i thought she was like it's i feel like it's a bunch of revelations all at once and it'd be like i just that fear must have been oh
0: right well she she was furious at first her daughter lied to her disobeyed her but then her anger did turn to fear when john tells her he basically Cannot get in contact with Brittany after being able to contact her pretty much any time he wanted to and her to answer and respond quickly yeah. and now she wasn't. Immediately they contacted local authorities to report Brittany missing and then they um, instructed her to call um, down to Myrtle Beach and file a report there. And they decided that they were just going to travel down there. They were going to go down there. And look for Brittany themselves, and follow a missing persons report with the local police, which was the Horry County Police.
1: Okay.
0: On their drive down, John tells John tells Dawn that Brittany was not having the best time on her trip. Things weren't going as planned. The group that she went down with were partying a little too hard for Brittany's, you know, taste. I guess, and they began to leave her out of their daily pr- plans. Brittany just wanted to come home, but she was afraid to ask for her mom's help because she had lied. That's so sad. So she had to wait, you know, and endure till the end of the trip to ride back with Alana, Jen, and another friend that had gone with them, Philip. When the group arrived to Myrtle Beach, they speak with authorities. They also bring Alana, Jen, and Philip in to try and retrace Brittany's steps that evening. Um, they learned that Brittany had not been with her group, that like she had told John, she had gone down to another friend's hotel that evening. She had kind of been doing her own thing since she felt left out by her friend group. They learned that the friend that she had walked down the street to meet was Peter Brozowitz. And he was from the same area Brittany was, like, up in Rochester. Okay. So she actually knew him from back home. It wasn't just some random guy she had met at the beach. Okay. Um, She had been hanging with him that night when Alana and Jen had asked Brittany to come back to their hotel room to return some shorts that she had borrowed. But according to the girls, Brittany never returned. Police knew they needed to find Peter and see what he knew. Investigators arrived at the Blue Rotter Resort to question Peter and anyone else who may have seen Brittany that evening when they make an alarming discovery. Peter and his friends had left. The group checked out of their hotel abruptly around 2 a.m. on April 26th. They did not even grab their belongings when they left. This would have been in the wee hours of the morning after Brittany went missing. That's...
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Normal.
0: Totally. Along with Peter was his friends, Anthony, Matthew, Philip, and Keith. According to their interview with police, Brittany had gone to a club with Peter and his friends the night before, and they had met up with her again during the day on April 25th. Brittany reportedly was going to the Blue Water Resort that evening to retrieve a pair of flip-flops she had left there earlier that day and she actually only stayed at their hotel for about 10 minutes before she left again to walk back to her own hotel. And there is actual footage and right. timestamps of this. Okay. When investigators asked Peter why he didn't come forward when he found out Brittany was missing, he said, I wasn't in Myrtle Beach to babysit. Uh huh. Okay. Aren't you something, Peter? Just Aren't wonderful. Aren't you something? Yeah. Peter was older than Brittany. He was 20 and a local club promoter in New York and claimed that he didn't know Brittany extremely well at all. So I guess they were like more acquaintances like she was with her other friends that she was down there with, which is so sad because it seems like she was just alone and just trying to be around people and like fit in wherever she could. And like everybody was kind of pushing her out a little bit. Right. That makes me sad for her. Later, when police searched Brittany's room, they found all of her belongings aside from her person phone. So, this led investigators to believe she didn't leave on her own. Had she, she most likely would have taken her bags with all of her belongings in them. Right, like she wasn't planning to leave long term. Yeah, exactly. Like, if she found a ride home or something because she was so miserable, like, she would have taken her suitcase and her clothes, you know? Right. So then they pull Britney's cell phone record since they assume that she probably had her cell phone with her that night, and they notice right away that her phone pings south when it should have it should have pinged north, which was the direction of her her hotel. Okay. In fact, Britney's phone pinged off of a cell tower seven miles south of the Blue Water Resort about half an hour after she sent her last text message, which was to John. Okay. Not long after that, her phone pinged a final time in Georgetown County, which is south of Myrtle Beach, almost down to Charleston. So if you have any idea of the geography of the coast of South Carolina, it's kind of like Myrtle Beach, Charleston, and then uh, Hilton Head, and then like Savannah. So it's like boop, 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 like all the little beach towns. So she was in Georgetown County, which was a little over halfway, almost to Charleston. Okay, so she was, like, really far south. Yeah. And this, of course, made Dawn sick to her stomach. She knew there was no way in hell Brittany would have willingly gone to this area because it was, like, a a very uh, rural area. Okay. And, you know, she went to the beach to... Have fun, right? Go to the beach, hang out with friends, not hang out in some little podunk town. Right. So her last cell phone ping was in McClellanville, South Carolina, which is a very like rural country town. Okay. Um, and I can say podunk town because I'm from a podunk town, so don't anyone come for me. (laughs) 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 Um so of course, you know. Dawn began to fear the worst. Um, She began to think that maybe Brittany had been human or sex trafficked. Yeah. So Horry County, which is the county that Myrtle Beach is in, is one of the highest reported human trafficking areas in the state of South Carolina. Which means it happens even more because human trafficking is vastly underreported.
1: Yeah. Wow. You know.
0: In the early months after Britney's disappearance, the community united effort searched tirelessly, tirelessly near where Britney's cell phone ping lasts. CUE founder Monica Kaysen told reporters that her group that she and her group searched sun up to sundown nonstop for eleven days, but to no avail. Oh,
1: that's so sad.
0: I know. Their searches involved anywhere. From 200 to 500 people, one search that they had conducted had 800 people show up to look for Brittany. Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: That's amazing. Although CUE has reportedly helped 9,000 families involved in missing persons cases, they were never able to find a single trace of Brittany. That's just... oh. Authorities asked the public to come forward with any information they may have about Brittany any and all possible sightings, any you know witness accounts, um, investigators follow up on several reports, including one report that they, someone saw Brittany boarding a bus, another report of her allegedly walking into a convenience store, but unfortunately, nothing came from any of these leads, and Brittany's case does go cold. In 2010, there's a break in the case, or So police Hope. An inmate by the name of Taquan Brown, who was currently serving a 25-year sentence for uh, voluntary manslaughter, said that just days after Brittany vanished, he saw her being held in a quote-unquote stash house in McClellanville. Which is where her, you know, um, cell phone pinged right. the night she went right. missing. According to FBI agent Garrick Minose, Taquan alleged that... In the stash house, he saw several men, including 16-year-old Timothy Deshawn Taylor, sexually abusing Brittany. He said Taylor's father, Sean Taylor, was at the house and gave him money. Then Brittany was allegedly pistol-whipped for trying to escape. After that encounter, he'd heard two gunshots. He assumed that Sean Taylor shot and killed Brittany. He stated that later her body was wrapped up and removed from the property, most likely disposed of, in a swamp or gator pit to remove any evidence to remove any evidence that Brittany had been there. Another inmate in the Georgetown County Jail also came forward and offered inf- information about this case. This inmate told the FBI he was told Deshaun Taylor picked Brittany up, which would be Timothy Deshaun right. Taylor in Myrtle Beach and took her to McClellanville to show her off to his friends and then offered her up to them. When news of her disappearance spread nationwide, the captors then killed Brittany and disposed of her body. Police began to search swamp areas in McClellanville and searched the stash house Taquan said he saw Brittany at and all they found were a pair of sunglasses that were similar to one's witnesses had seen Brittany wearing unfortunately they tested to see if there was any dna and no dna matched Brittany, and there was actually no dna on the glasses at all oh that's interesting okay but they were found on like a either like a creek or like a riverbed or like a creek like right by the the shut up (laughs) you say by the water creek um they were by the water (laughs) So I'm just assuming maybe like some of that that DNA it was washed, washed, washed away. Off. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Britney's case goes cold. In 2012, another lead emerges. A man by the name of Raymond Moody becomes a person of interest in Britney's case. Moody is a slimy, disgusting, registered sex offender and was stopped by police for tra- for a traffic violation near Myrtle Beach one day after Britney disappeared. Okay. Moody had spent 21 years in prison back in 1983 for abduction and rape oh. of a nine-year-old girl from California. Okay, And he was considered a suspect in a number of other similar rape cases, but he was never charged. Huh. Investigators searched the hotel room Moody was staying in at that time and did remove several bags you know, for evidence, but due to lack of evidence, Moody was also never arrested or charged with Britney's disappearance. All right. That is until this last Wednesday. So it's Sunday now. So on May 11th of 2022, Raymond Moody is put into custody at the Georgetown detention center with a $100,000 bond. The FBI has not confirmed any details at this time, but what we do know is that human remains have been found in a wooded area in an undisclosed remote part of town extremely close to Moody's home.
1: And what I heard when I was looking into it is that the charge that he was brought in on was obstruction of justice. And it was just for, sorry, you're probably going to say that. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'll let you Yeah, continue. so he was
0: brought – yeah, he was brought in for obstruction of justice back in 2009, the day after she was um, – like, the day after she went missing. Right. But there's no details as to what exactly, like, that means right. and how it is related to her case. But according to reports by WHAM, police have not yet identified the remains or said who or what they were searching for when they found the remains, but that they will be releasing more information soon. Okay. So, like I said at the top of the episode, I will update you guys as soon as we hear more um, about this case as it is currently kind of unfolding. Or it may be nothing, but I think the fact that they have a person of interest from 2009 in custody right now. And it's in the news that it could be related to her case. Um, I do have a feeling that the remains are going to be hers. Um, But, you know, we will give you guys updates and, um, of course, more real-time coverage over on our Instagram stories. So make sure you're following us over there. I just hope and pray that, you know, we finally get some answers, but also Brittany's family finally gets some answers and that they are finally able to lay their daughter at rest or to rest. Excuse me. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is again, one of those cases where, you know, if you see something, say something, she was on the street, she was walking. Chances are she got picked up by somebody. Myrtle beach, spring break, I feel like a hundred people had to have seen her yeah, and nobody has come for her with any information, at least no information that has led to anything substantial. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: There's somebody had to have like seen it. I just can't
0: imagine. I know. how Nobody would have like seen anything. I know. That's how I feel too. But I also wanted to just share, um, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, because again, if you see something, say something. If you see someone that you think may be getting trafficked or you yourself had an attempted trafficking situation, yeah. um, there is a hotline that you can reach out to, which is one 373 7888 And I will have that listed in the episode notes below. Um, But, you know, don't ever be afraid to step up and say something because it may feel silly or you may feel like, well, what if I'm wrong? But what if you're not? Yeah. You know? So, definitely, if you see something, say
1: something. It's better to say something and be wrong than to not say something and have been right.
0: Yeah. And live with that guilt for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So... That is all I have right now for you guys on Brittany Drexel. I really hope you know in the next coming weeks, like to have a uh, an update on this case, and hopefully have a a conclusion. Um, yeah. And I just I just really hope that they find her and that her family can you know have some some peace and that she that she can have some peace because yeah. I mean if she which her family and police pretty much all think that she has you know passed on yeah you know her her soul can't rest her body can't rest and until you know her her murderer is found so
1: yeah unfortunately i feel like i feel like some cases like this like amy lynn bradley and um tara Mm -hmm. calico and cases like that i sometimes feel like maybe they're still alive and they were trafficked and you know which of course is also extremely unfortunate um but in this case i do feel like she has passed just from the evidence and what we've learned about the case i just feel like something happened and i definitely feel like even if moody wasn't directly involved or like did it i i feel like possibly he could have been involved and might know something to
0: me this whole like I feel like everyone's involved because, like, Peter and his gang, like, they left abruptly. Why did they leave abruptly? Like, maybe they were scared because she was the last person to be seen with them or whatever. Or or they were the last people to be seen with her. Maybe that's why they left. But that's, like, really suspicious. And then um, Taquan and Deshaun and Sean and all of those people, like, they have really good witness accounts of what – possibly and probably happened to her and unfortunately like that is a very good way to dispose of a body is to put it in a gator pit you know like i don't know if alligators will eat a whole human but i assume that they would i I don't know but that just is so like so many details to that that makes like leads me to believe that there might be some truth to that too yeah i agree yeah and i don't like obviously they haven't come forward with why they're linking Raymond to her case um, aside from the obstruction of justice charge and the fact that this all happened around the time that she went missing and now where they found these remains is really close to his property. Right. But to me, that doesn't seem like enough. But there's obviously a lot of things that we don't know that they're keeping close to the chest. So. In case, especially like if they have to do go to
1: trial and things like that. I mean, it's smart of them to... To yeah. keep that all close to the chest. Yeah.
0: And a crazy little detail. So, Laquan Brown, who was serving the 25-year sentence for voluntary manslaughter. So, he had him and I guess some of his friends had robbed a McDonald's. Oh. And the robbery went wrong and someone um got killed. He got charged twice for that. Oh. Like, actually charged twice. Like, it's one of those, like... um you know, like double jeopardy, jeopardy, you're not supposed to be charged. Right. So they charged him the first time and he served a very, very short sentence. And then the feds came in and charged him federally with the same crime. And that's why he was serving that 25 year sentence. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. They were like, uh, 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 uh. That TikTok sound. Yeah. They were like, you're going to serve some more time yeah. for this, buddy. Wow. Which, you know, I don't know all the details of that case because I didn't deep dive into that because that's not what we're here for. But, yeah. you know, that's pretty crazy that he's serving 25 years for manslaughter when people barely get like 10 years for murder, yeah, you know, no, or ridiculous. attempted murder. Yeah. Like we were talking about in the other episode yeah. from last week. But anyway, wow. enough of my tangent. So that is the story of Brittany Drexel. Again, I really hope that I have some good news for you guys coming up in the next few weeks. Even if it is that they have found her and that her her family can finally rest and she can finally rest. Uh, but make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram and we'll be giving updates there and thank you guys so much for listening i hope you all have a wonderful weekend we will see you on monday with a brand new episode and until next week keep it human bye